0: I-N, as in Nancy, G-E-R.
1: Feeling lonely and sad, he walks into the bar for a drink. The bartender pours him a shot of liquid fire. He throws it back and then orders another. He tries desperately to numb the empty feeling inside his soul. Four drinks in, she pulls up a barstool next to him and flashes a brilliant white smile. He had never seen a woman so lovely. Her hair hung in ebony waves to her waist, her skin as dark and as smooth as moonstone, and her lips bright red, but blossom soft. Her eyes as pale as the bluest summer sky sparkled, and when she spoke, he was lost. He had forgotten the emptiness. He even forgot his own name as he stared at her with his mouth agape. She caught his stare and she smiled at him, tipping her glass before she walked away. She paused and turned back for a moment and then disappeared into the crowd. He never approached her, he never got the nerve, but he carried that smile and the sway of her beautiful, perfect body as she walked away, home with him. He wouldn't be able to have a woman like that, not in this lifetime. But he could have her in his dreams. That was his flawed way of thinking. That was where he was wrong. She was a hunter, and she preyed on the weak. She had found her prey. She would meet him later that night. In the world of his dreams and there she would drink him like a fountain until he ran dry this episode is brought to you by destination terror destination terror is a new unsettling podcast from ericast network each episode features a different destination famous for being haunted as your host, I explore the dark history, creepy legends, and the very reasons each location is said to be haunted. Be it spirit or creature, the supernatural has taken up residence and locations all over the world. And with Destination Terror, we can explore them all. Search for, follow, and rate Destination Terror on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. Or simply go to EerieCast.com. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. Today we are discussing the succubus, a demon that hunts and feeds on the souls of men. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com and be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. Warning, this episode contains adult content. Due to the nature of the subject, there are depictions of sexual acts. Finally, it was time to rest. I had an unusually long, hard day at work. It seemed like every time I turned around, there was someone else waiting in line with their PC in hand needing assistance. I loved computers so much when I was younger. I really thought going into the IT field would have been a breeze for me. Turns out, the computers aren't the ones that need all the help. The worst part of my job are the people. They complain all day about their computers not functioning. It's usually never the computer at all. These people just don't want to learn, and they sure as hell don't want to listen to me when I try and teach them simple things. Such as, don't click on the super sketchy link, and no, the IRS doesn't take gift cards. The stupidity is just mind-numbing at times. I'm pretty sure I've wasted the better part of my 20s to this career. As I look around my mostly empty apartment, my gaze wanders over to the hall closet. I know what lies behind the door in a certain yellow Nike shoebox I've had since middle school. In that box lies all that's left of a once-perfect life that I used to have. I don't want to go near it, but on days like today, I can't help myself. I walked slowly across my apartment, knowing that I would be regretting this later. I reached out with hesitation, but ultimately gave in. I opened the closed door slowly as if something were in there dying to get out and I was afraid to let it in. I felt a wave of grief hit me as I opened the door and my eyes saw the box. I swear it felt as if it were taunting me. My heart felt as if it might leap out of my chest and just then I felt the wetness of a single tear stream down my cheek. I let it fall and then another. I grabbed the box and slowly pulled it to my chest. I wanted to be near her just once more. She had made all the hard days better. I made my way to the lounge chair in the corner. I placed the box on the small round table next to the chair. I took the deepest breath I could pull into my lungs and I held it there until I started to feel lightheaded. The phone rang, breaking me from my intense feelings back to reality. I wiped my tears and headed for the phone. "Hello?" I spoke. "Hi, Greg, this is Kathy from Dr. Lee's office. I was calling to confirm your appointment at 9am tomorrow morning." The kind voice rang from the other end of the phone. "Oh, hi, Kathy. Yes, I'll be there," I said with relief. I've been in counseling for four years, and I've reluctantly missed my last couple of appointments. I knew I needed to be there tomorrow. Of course, I will be there. I really need to see Dr. Lee. Things have been getting really hard for me lately. Kathy came back with a joyful yet sympathetic tone. Wonderful, Greg. I'm sorry things have been difficult for you as of late. We would love to see you in the morning. Dr. Lee had a cancellation. Would you like to have an extended visit? That would be great. Thank you so much, Kathy. Not a problem, Greg. Hope you have a wonderful day. Goodbye. Goodbye. I took a deep breath and went back to my yellow box. I needed to see her beautiful face. I could bring this all up in therapy tomorrow. I found myself drawn nearer to her in my dreams. Only the feeling that I have is distorted. It appears to be her, but it doesn't feel like her sweet, soft presence. The presence I feel is ominous, dark, enticing even. She was wonderful in every way, but she never had a presence that felt as if she could suck the life out of your very existence. I pulled back the lid to the box, exposing its contents. There on top was her bright sunshine smile. Even through a photo, I swear it lit up the room. So beautiful she was, with her gorgeous blue eyes and long dirty blonde hair. It was the hardest thing I ever had to witness, watching those beautiful blue eyes fade and her long gorgeous hair fall out. Part of me died the day she took her last breath at the tender age of 24. She was so gentle and kind. I couldn't understand why I couldn't give my life for her. She will forever be the best part of my life. I can't handle the world without her in it anymore. In an intense fit of rage, I grabbed the lamp that she had bought me when we moved into this apartment and hurled it at the wall across from me. It shattered into a million tiny little pieces. I got up and walked over to the corner kitchen cabinet where I kept the liquor. I opened the fifth of Jack and started drinking. My day went from bad to worse, and it showed no signs of letting up. Once the Jack was gone and the anger seemed to subside, I returned to the yellow box and retrieved the photo of my beloved. I held it close to my heart and fell into a slumber on the floor. That's it, baby. Don't be shy. Come on now, let me see. Her voice? That's impossible, I thought. Don't be scared, my love. I'm here for your pleasure, she said. I knew I was drunk when I fell into a slumber, but not this drunk. This felt real, too real, terrifying even. I felt completely paralyzed. I heard her voice speak once again. You know you want me. My head and my heart were screaming two very different things. My mind is horrified by the mere thought of me having dirty dreams about my dead girlfriend. My heart. Oh boy, my heart wanted this though. It longed for her affection. Even though my mind knew that it wasn't real, or so it thought, I'd had vivid dreams before, but this, this was something more, much more. I could feel her presence only it wasn't the soft and gentle caress of hers. It was a dark presence, hard and demanding. As she came into view, she was taller, with a goddess structure. Every feature was perfectly chiseled, but more voluptuous than I remembered. It was her face, but her eyes glowed a deep crimson red. Her hands were large and unproportioned. It looked as if they adorned claws of some kind. My senses are returning, and everything about this is so very wrong. But no matter what I do, I can't make her stop. What kind of twisted reality is this? She just keeps going and going until she was done with me. The most sinister smile came across her face, and the red glowing in her eyes faded to a soft blue. That was not my sweet love. This is some sick, twisted manipulation in my mind of her, maybe. The presence of evil lifted, and I was able to awaken and move from my paralyzed state of mind. I managed to pull my useless body up off the ground and move slowly towards the bathroom. This episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because lately I've had trouble with a lack of energy, focus, and alertness. But now I feel more aware and invigorated. AG1 is a drink mix with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, which support gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, and more. I drink AG1 every morning for breakfast. It helps me stay focused on work throughout the day. Plus it has a delicious mild tropical taste making it easy to drink. I even look forward to it and so does my husband. For less than $3 a day, you're investing in your health with a lifestyle friendly mix whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free or gluten free. Plus your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D which is very important for the lack of sunlight in winter months. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash folklore. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash folklore to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This episode is sponsored by Body Art Forms. I am a huge fan of body art, so I was excited when I discovered Body Art Forms, a tiny Texas company that sells body jewelry to people like me. They are a small business that have served the pierced and modified community since 2001. I found a wide selection of jewelry on their website, and not just for piercings. When I placed my first order, it took less than a week for it to arrive in the mail, and I was pleased with each piece. Everything came in neat individual packages. Body Art Forms is driven by three major factors. They strive to give the best customer service. They believe in careers and make sure all their employees earn a living wage. 20% of all profits go to charitable causes. At Body Art Forms can be found on all social media platforms. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Pinterest. You can check out their diverse selection at bodyartforms.com. That's B-O-D-Y-A-R-T-F-O-R-M-S Just enter the coupon code FREAKY at checkout for 15% off any purchase. This is by far one of the most evil and devious creatures that I have researched thus far. Not only does it use its beauty and seduction as a tool, but it hones in on one of the greatest human weaknesses, desire. There are two demons, or spirits, from medieval times that are basically the same except one is male and the other is female. The succubus and incubus are two words that were used in medieval Christianity to refer to these demons that had sexual intercourse with men and women. They used to lie upon individuals while they were asleep in order to produce children. These children are known as cambions, a human-demon hybrid. While the Incubus and the Cambion are both terrifying creatures, our research today covers the female demon, the Succubus. The Succubus is smart, sexy and potentially deadly. She is a powerful seductress and not a demon to underestimate. She loves to toy with men and sometimes women. She might be fun at first, but that will change if you make her angry. Today, thanks to movies and fictional literature, the word succubus conjures up the image of a voluptuous woman with long wavy hair, silky skin, and perfect curves. They are depicted as wearing skimpy clothes and often leather. They love to flaunt their bodies and do not try to hide their demonic nature. Common among the modern image of the succubus are bat wings, curled horns, barbed tails, and glowing eyes. This doesn't seem like a glamorous description, But compared to their medieval legend, from ages ago, they are rock stars. Early in history, they were described as somewhat smaller than average people, and they stooped and crawled instead of walking upright. They had feet like a raptor, and faces like gargoyles, and of course their fingers ended in long, sharp claws. They were not so seductive in appearance back then, but hey, who needs to be sexy if you have mind control? The Succubus has many powers, but most of them involve influencing their victim's power of thought. They can induce desire and lust by mental manipulation while you are awake. They can also invade and control your dreams. The list of their abilities is long, so hang on tight. The Succubus is capable of super speed, able to appear and disappear in an instant. She has superhuman strength, and can lift a grown man with one hand. She has the ability to fly and has superhuman stamina. She has the power to shapeshift, so if you don't like curvy redheads, she may appear as a petite blonde or athletic brunette. The succubus can steal your life force through a kiss, usually resulting in death. Through a kiss or through intercourse, the succubus grows stronger while stealing your life force, She has a supernatural ability to heal her body from any wounds that are inflicted upon her. You may only be able to slow her down. Of course, last but definitely not least, this super demon is immortal. This makes her a monster that you pray that you will never run into. The succubus is so powerful that the only reference to defense against her can be found in religion or in the fantasy fiction written by supernatural enthusiasts. What it boils down to is devote yourself to good and stay away from all things evil, because only God Himself can defeat her. It would be downright wrong to discuss this demon without mentioning Lilith, the supposed first wife of Adam. Lilith is a demonic figure in Jewish folklore, Her name comes from a class of Mesopotamian demons called Lilu, which is usually translated to Night Monster. Lilith is believed to have been the mother of all succubus, the very first in her line. Legend says that Lilith wasn't always a demon, but that she was created from the same dirt as Adam instead of from a rib like Eve. Her purpose was the same as Eve's, to be a companion to Adam who was lonely. But sadly, the two did not get along, and they began to fight, mostly because Lilith refused to be submissive during sex. She declared that she would not lie beneath Adam, but that she would only have sex with him if she got to go on top. The idea was that Lilith believed she was superior to Adam and that this ought to have been reflected in their sex. This fight would escalate until Lilith left Adam and left the Garden of Eden, though not before she uttered God's name as an insult to both man and his Creator. She then flew off, suggesting that she grew wings or had wings, leaving Adam to pray to God, to tell him that Lilith had left him and the garden. God takes Adam's side. He sends three angels after Lilith with the intention of dragging her back, but by this point, Lilith has already made up her mind. The angels came to intercept her in the middle above the sea and tried to drown her when she could not be convinced to return. However, they soon realized that they were not powerful enough and that both sides were equally matched. It's thought that after Adam, Lilith then hooked up with the demon Samael and that by some interpretations, the pair of them become the original succubus and incubus, the mother and father of demons. For hundreds of years, many believed that sleep paralysis was a visitation by a malevolent creature which attacked its victims as they slept. The first clinical description of sleep paralysis was published in 1964 and Dutch physicians case histories, where it was referred to as incubus or the night mare. In 1977, it was discovered that more than 100 previously healthy people from various Southeast Asian communities had died mysteriously in their sleep. The individuals were dying from sudden nocturnal death syndrome. No underlying cause was ever found. Only those subsequent studies revealed a high rate of sleep paralysis and belief in the nightmare spirit amongst members of the community. Not only is the description of the event classic in the depiction of what occurs during an episode of sleep paralysis, but also what is quite astounding is the doctor's diagnosis of a folklore as the patient's illness. The most famous representation of the phenomenon was the 1781 painting, The Nightmare, by the Swiss artist Henri Fuseli. In a swoon, a young woman lies limply sprawled across her bed, as the incubus squats grotesquely on her stomach, staring out at the viewer, as if to draw them into her nightmare. The painting is literally the clinical presentation of sleep paralysis, the nightmare and the succubus appear to have been two distinct terms referring to two different sleep manifestations which explained occurrences of frightening disturbances in sleep. Formally the nightmare referred primarily to episodes of terror with no sexual content while the succubus involved sexual content. At some point both terms became synonymous and are presently used interchangeably. Throughout history, Succubi have been popular characters in music, literature, film, television, and more. The first time on record that she made her appearance in fictional literature was in 1605 in Thomas Middleton's A Mad World, My Masters, where the philandering master penitent brothel is tempted by a succubus assuming the form of his illicit partner, using song and dance in a failed attempt to seduce him. The demon also shows up in Stephen King's The Dark Tower, The Gunslinger, where Roland, the main character, encounters a succubus in a circle of stones while following the Man in Black. This succubus then later helps an incubus in impregnating Susanna Dean with Roland's child, Mordred, a villain in later books. She began showing up in films as early as 1968 when she appeared in a West German horror film titled Necronomicon, which roughly translates to succubus. But in more recent history, there was a short scene in Ghostbusters in 1984 where Dan Aykroyd was molested, to say it nicely, by a succubus. The supernatural television community has made quite a few stories that involve succubi also. In 1975, she was in Kolchak the Night Stalker, She appeared many more times on television after that throughout the years, but her most recent appearance was in 2017 in Midnight, Texas, an American supernatural television drama broadcast on NBC. The succubus has not only entranced men for centuries, the demon has cast its spell far and wide, reaching around the world over and over again. If you think your girl is hard to live with, Maybe she nags too much. Maybe she is too dramatic. Or maybe she asks for too many things. Think again. At least she isn't trying to steal your soul.
0: This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more light-hearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
1: Small slivers of light were starting to peek through the windows and light up my apartment. It was lighting up the realness of what I had done last night. My apartment was completely disheveled and I felt like a fool. I let myself fall so far last night. I walked slowly to the bathroom with my head placed in my hand, rubbing my forehead. What an idiot, I said to myself. I flipped the switch on in the bathroom only to be startled by my reflection. I looked terrible. I lingered in the mirror longer than I normally would have when I noticed strange marks on my thighs. Had I harmed myself and my insanity last night? There was no telling what all I had done. I brushed the marks off and walked over to the toilet. When I reached down and grabbed myself, it was moist, as if I had just had sex. That was impossible. I hadn't been with a woman since she died suddenly my dream didn't feel so much like a dream i rushed back to the mirror to examine the rest of my body the marks i had noticed previously looked more like claw marks the more i looked at them had i scratched myself or even more terrifying had she clawed me i started to hyperventilate was that real was she real what the hell I was snapped out of my oncoming panic when the phone rang. I ran through my apartment towards my cell phone. I was shaking so frantically, I couldn't touch the answer button. I finally hit the big green button and pulled the phone to my ear. Hello, I said with a scared voice. Hello, this is an automated message from the office of Dr. Lee. We are calling to remind you that your appointment will begin in 30 minutes. If for some reason you are unable to attend, Please press 1. Thank you. See you soon. I gasped. I only had 30 minutes to make it to my appointment. After last night, I desperately needed to see my psychologist. I ran through the apartment, grabbing the first set of clothing I could find, which just so happened to be the clothes I wore to work yesterday. I had to shake off my fear long enough to think straight. I felt as if I were going insane. I grabbed my backpack, wallet, and keys. Out the door and down the stairs I went. The elevator in my building was the slowest and creepiest little metal box. The stairs were much faster. By the time I had ran down four flights of stairs and bolted out of the door on the back side of my apartment complex, I felt less afraid. The adrenaline seemed to help clear my mind a little. Dr. Lee's office was only a few blocks away and in this traffic, it was faster to walk. Besides, I could use the fresh air. By the time I had arrived at the office, I felt a calm like after an awful storm. Only it was the eerie quiet like only half the storm had passed, and the worst was yet to come. I couldn't shake this feeling. Whatever had come into my mind, or my dream last night, was real, and it was terrifying. I waited patiently for them to call me back to see the doctor. I contemplated keeping last night to myself but I knew I had to get it off my chest. It had to be some deep-seated delusion caused by grief. I open up to my psychologist about everything I was going through, even last night. You could see the empathy bursting from her eyes. You could feel her deepest condolences. Her heart really did go out to me. She offered some helpful guidance to navigate this level of grief. She insists I start seeing her more often again, I was spending too much time working on things that weren't myself or my mental health. She also suggested no more drinking for the time being until I became more stable. Otherwise I could have more spouts of wild imaginative dreams. While I still don't think it was all in my head, I couldn't have agreed more with no more drinking. By the time I had left her office, I felt a million times better but I still just couldn't shake the realness of the whole encounter. I decided I was going to take the rest of the day off work and spend a little time soul-searching. I needed to make a change, and I needed to make one quick. My quality of life had gone to complete garbage over the past couple of years. I wanted to feel like I was standing in the sun again, like I did when I was with her. By the time I returned home, the sun had started to set, and I was exhausted. I had decided it was time to move on. I needed a new job, a new apartment, and a fresh start somewhere else. That seemed easy enough compared to the hard things I had conquered since I lost her. Starting over should be a breeze. I didn't climb the four flights of stairs as quickly as I had descended them this morning, However, it did give me time to prepare my thoughts before reaching the disheveled apartment I had left. It took less time than I expected to put my apartment back together, but by the time I was done, I was done. I took a long, hot shower. I felt as if I were washing away years of buildup off my shoulders. The scratches seemed to be completely gone, and I wondered to myself if I had just imagined them just as I had imagined her. Crawling into my bed, I felt different. I wanted to sleep peacefully, but I had this nagging fear of what might be waiting for me and my dreams. Nevertheless, I laid my head upon my pillow and drifted quickly into a deep slumber. The smell of her favorite perfume filled the air. She loved all things that smelled of fresh flowers and the earthy smell of spring. The scent was so strong. It was as if she were standing there spraying it all over herself like she used to. I tried to sit up to look around the room, but I found myself unable to move. Completely frozen, I wasn't even sure if I was still breathing. In that moment, I knew she was back. I realized this was no dream. This was real. Oh, so very real. I saw her out of the corner of my eye move closer. She moved so effortlessly, as if she were floating. The closer she came to me, the brighter her eyes began to glow. They were such a deep, intense red. It felt as if she were going to burn a hole into my soul. This encounter was far more terrifying than the last. Maybe because I knew she was real, or maybe because she wanted more than intimacy this time. She wanted my soul. Through my terror, the mere sight of her beauty provoked me to become aroused, which was incredibly confusing. I did not want to engage in intercourse, but I didn't have a choice. There was nothing gentle about this creature as she mounted my paralyzed body. I tried with everything I had in me to fight her off, but no matter how hard I tried, I never moved even a single muscle. I tried to scream, but all I could hear were the screams of this incredibly terrifying creature. As we climaxed, I felt the life I had once held so dear, being absorbed by the darkness that surrounded the beautiful face that was once the light of my life. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast podcast network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Tales from the Breakroom and Destination Terror. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, You can email them to CarmenCarrion at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. Tune in next week as we talk about Bloody Mary, a game that could end in horrible death when you summon its namesake. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one.